0: I have a, another silly thing for you to lead into another announcement. If my body were a car, this would be the time I'm thinking about trading in for a new model. I got bumps and dents and scratches in my finish. My paint job is getting a little dull, my headlights are out of focus, and it's especially hard to see things up close. My traction's not as graceful as it once was. I slip, I slide, I skid and bump into things, even in the best of weather. My white walls are stained with varicose veins. It takes me hours to reach my maximum speed. (laughs) My fuel rate burns inefficiently. But the worst of it is that almost every time I sneeze, <laughs> cough or sputter, my radiator leaks or my exhaust backfires. I say that for this. Um, I'm waiting until after missions conference. As of January, during a business meeting, I'm going to be retiring from the senior pastorate. I recommend at that time during the meeting that there should be a 100% vote for Pastor Kinney to take my place. I will work as an assistant. I don't want to do what Pastor Christian did. He said, no, I'm retired. I couldn't get him to preach. I almost had a hard time getting him to pray. I am not going anywhere else. I'm not leaving the church. At first, I thought maybe I would take six months so you guys would be looking at Pastor Kenny. You were already starting to do that. We have been transitioning. It was about, I don't know how many months ago or almost a year ago, he said, we're kind of co-pastoring, and we were. That meant I kept dumping all the work on him. Okay, so that's the way that has gone. And I'm looking at another major surgery sometime this coming year with my right knee. Okay, and I was 11 months with my left knee when they replaced it. And there's other things taking place. And the last concussion I had makes it very hard. I can counsel, I can preach, I can teach, but multitasking and having multiple people coming to me at the same time, I'm back to white noise. Many of you don't remember when Pastor Krishna was retiring, I was supposed to take over. Had the car accident. He waited another year and a half and I had to t- tell the church at that time, I can't do this. And they said, we want you to. And I said, well, then you're going to have to help me. And people used to, you know, when we were smaller, people used to bring a message because they didn't know if I was going to have an ocular migraine and go, can't, couldn't see. I'd go blind with that. Um, I used to sit in the back, and Judy would kind of, I felt like Santa Claus at that time, and people would want to come and talk, and she'd hold them back, and like the good little elf that she is, she would let them come up one at a time. Okay, so that's the way it was. But I got better, and I was able to continue. And we've watched God bless, and we need to continue to watch God bless. Amen? And I've watched other churches when the pastor, the senior pastor, hung on too long and didn't make provision for the church to have a good transition. It's never a good transition when you bring someone out from the outside blindly into a church that he doesn't know the people Mike Viskin can tell you that. He travels around. They see churches all over the country and they struggle with that. Okay? And without a vision, the people perish. Okay? And we've talked about the vision God is giving him and what we go forward for. Okay? But I'm just saying with that, you need to understand. Can you still approach me? Can you still talk to me? Can you still call me pastor? Yeah, I'll be the assistant. Okay? For as long as the Lord allows, as long as the deacons and the the pastor are amicable with that. So I'm looking at that place. I still will be counseling. I still will be discipling. There's things Caleb and I, are. we continually talk about stuff that it is right now. But I didn't want to do it before the missions conference. Wanted to wait. And we're looking at that transition because there's going to need to be a vote of the church to install Caleb as the senior pastor. You don't really need to vote to put in an assistant, so you can't get rid of me that quick. (laughs) Okay, he chooses. But I just want you to, to understand that we waited with that, and we want the ministry to continue on. And again, he and I think like so many things, more than anyone else I know, the same way about ministry. But we're also uniquely different. So there could be some changes that he will make, just like I made changes when I took over from Pastor Christian. Okay, and the way certain things are done, some of the polity of the church. So I just want to encourage you, let you know I love you, I'm not leaving. I'm not done, the, the way preaching will be done is already, will be changed by that time probably. We've talked about him preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, me doing Wednesday night, and me teaching the adult Sunday school. That's when I'm here. I do want to be able to travel a little bit more when I can. Okay? And I've never done that. My wife has traveled so much alone. I won't go away for a month at a time like she does. Okay? Okay. But I just want to inform you with it. i, I make a formal announcement. I've got, we've got to contact the, the, the missionaries and stuff and let them know they should direct their stuff to Pastor Kinney. Okay? And I love you. <clears throat> I love the Lord more. So I have to do what is right. Yeah. Amen. So, with that said, open your Bibles to First Chronicles. No one approached me with a date. The, the Pastor Kenny or the deacons didn't say, Pastor, you think it's time? I've told them it's time. He's been saying to me for a long time, five more years, preacher, five more years. Five more years. This year, I think it's been two churches. They wanted him to come candidate in. It's been five or six because they know the quality of the person that is there. And that's something we need to always keep an eye on for ministry to continue. Amen? Amen. First Chronicles 29. pray. (laughs) I know. Trying to do something. Can I drop it three times? Still on? Still there. Okay. First Chronicles 29. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Well, that's a good verse leading into after what I just talked about, but that's not what I'm preaching on, okay? Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God and the gold for things to be made of gold and silver for things of silver and brass for things of brass and iron for things of iron and wood for things of wood and onyx stones and stones to be set glistering stones and of diverse colors and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have mine own, of mine own proper Good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy holy house. Even 3,000 talents of gold, of gold of Ophir, 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay with the walls of the houses withal. The gold for the things of gold and silver for the things of silver and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of the artificers. And who then is willing... To consecrate his service this day to the Lord unto the Lord, then the chief of the fathers and the princes and the tribes of Israel, and the captains of the thousands and the hundreds, with the rulers and the king 's work, offered willingly and gave for the service of the house of God of gold five thousand talents and ten thousand drams of sil- uh, and of silver, ten thousand talents and of brass eighteen thousand talents and one hundred thousand talents of iron. And they, with whom precious stones were found, gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord by the hand of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because of the perfect heart they offered with perfect heart, they offered willingly unto the, to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, "Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, for our fa- our Father." Forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank Thee and praise Thy glorious name. But who am I, in what is my people that we should be willing, we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of Thee, and of Thine own have we given Thee. For we are strangers before Thee and sojourners, as were all our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow. "...and there is none abiding. Lord thou, Lord our God, all this is in store with that we have prepared to build thee a house for thine holy name, cometh of thine own hand, and is all thine." What is he saying? Everything they gave was already whose? God's. "...I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart, and hath pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all these things." And now I have seen with joy thy people which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. Now the missions conference is over. We don't preach a lot about giving in this church. We don't. Okay, I preached one message leading up to it. This morning I'm going to be preaching a message on it. But the introduction part, you'll see certain things that I'm going to be talking about that are necessary. Because, again, I always want God to bless. Amen? Amen. Always want them to bless. And in this portion of Scripture, we see King David and Israel, God's people, are they're giving an offering unto the Lord for the building of the temple, God's house. In this passage, we can learn the foundation principle of biblical giving. We can see where we need to look at in certain parts of this text. Some of you are probably thinking, why Old Testament text on giving? We're in the Church Age. What sort of things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Some people say, "I don't want to hear it." We're under grace, not under law. Well, I'm going to talk to you about tithing in a moment, starting off, because tithing didn't start under the law. Okay, Abraham is called the father of faith, and we'll see that. We'll talk about that with Abraham, but you need to understand that tithing isn't even mentioned in this portion of scripture that we just read. It's not mentioned. Giving willingly is. I may have counted wrong, but I think I count seven times willing or willingly is in our text. Do you ever think about that? Willingly. Here, King David is held up to you. need to know he's held up to us as what? We know that he's a man after God's own heart, right? He's held up as kind of like an Old Testament picture of a New Testament Christian. He had all his bumps and his warts. He had his sin. But you know what he was? He was a good repenter. And he looked to God to see God's will. Okay? Because, you know, it says there in Psalm 51 when he's confessing sin, Return unto me the joy of thy salvation. It's a picture of our eternal security. It said of him that he's a man after God's own heart. And then you look in our text, he talks about having setting his affection where? In verse three. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own power, own proper good of gold and of silver which I have given to the house of God over above that which I have prepared for the holy house. See, he's a man after God's own heart. He speaks of having set his affection after the house of God. You look at verses 4 and 5. We won't, for the sake of time, read them. But what does he do? He willingly consecrates this to the the service of God. And he leads the people. You see in verse 6, he led them to offer willingly. You see in verse 9, he tells them that comes out of a perfect heart. He leads the people in this with a perfect heart. He prays before all of them because he knows everything belongs to who? God. And he knows truly who he and the people are. David understood and demonstrated a universal biblical truth. You can't get away from it. And most Christians. Not necessarily the majority part of this church, but again, because we don't preach and teach on biblical giving, tithing, and and giving above that all the time, many people don't understand. You know, there's churches they have no idea what it means to give. Most Christians are willingly ignorant of that. What we have isn't ours; it's His. And because many of us don't realize this and don't put it into practice, we miss out on the blessing God promises in his words when we do practice it. Many preachers are afraid to preach on money and giving. I I, I didn't choose to preach this this morning because I told you I was retiring from the senior pastor. Get him what I'm believing. though no, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm commanded to preach the whole counsel of God. Pastor Kinney's pr- Commanded anyone we have in the pulpit, we want them to preach the whole counsel of God, not all at once. I can preach from Genesis to Revolution, okay. But I've watched people, and sometimes I watch. Sometimes people struggle. They struggle financially. They struggle in their life. They struggle with different things, and so many times they can't keep their head above water, and they almost feel like they're drowning. And I've had people tell me, "I can't give. I can't tithe. I can't afford." And I'm saying, that's the exact reason why you can't afford. Because we think about everything in the light of the physical surroundings and what we have. And we think about, well, well I earned that and this and that. And you don't realize, <laughs> only by the grace of God. Okay. I had to laugh. Because you know when the children of Israel, when God was trying to take care of them, you know what, what happened to their shoes in the wilderness? I was kidding with Judy this week. I've got to take a pair because that's how um, actually frugal I am. I have a pair of, um, like a hiking boot, insulated hiking boot, a very good set, $200 set. Had them 12 years ago. They just started separating on the, the bottom from the soles, from the, the, the upper leathers, and their Gore Tex and everything like this. And I'm taking them out and having them being sewn but I got 12 years out of them and I'm not easy on any piece of clothing that I have. Okay, well they went 40 years. Why? Because they were traveling where God told them they had to travel. I, being in the way the Lord led me, that's how Isaac got his bride. So why preach on giving? Because it's necessary. And if you feel like you're drowning, get in the boat. Amen? Yeah. With that said, what does God teach about giving? I think it's interesting. We're ta- I'm preaching about giving when we're coming into Thanksgiving. Okay, I want you to know the first thing he teaches about giving is you're supposed to tithe. You're supposed to tithe. What is a tithe? It's 10% of your gross, not of your net, of your gross. It's God first. And it isn't just an Old Testament law. I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 14. Shannon, let me know how many people go off the site after I start this. <laughs> okay. I want you to think a little bit. Give as you would if an angel awaited your gift at the door. Give as you would if tomorrow found you where giving was over. Give as you would to the master if you met his loving look. Give as you would of your substance if his hand the offering took. The windows of heaven hinge on the tithe. Bring ye all the tithes. I will open the windows. We're going to turn to that verse in Malachi in a little bit. I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. See, if we withhold the Lord's tithe, have we a right to pray for open windows and outpouring blessings? Genesis chapter 14. Look at verse 18. And Melchizedek, King of Salem brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the, of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him what? Abram, before he becomes Abraham and in Genesis 15, Abram gives tithes of all he had to Melchizedek who's the high, he's the king of Salem, which the word Salem means what? He's the the priest of the most high God. If you want to know who he is, ask Pastor Kenny and he'll give you all the verses. (laughs) See, I was listening. Turn to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Melchizedek is an Old Testament picture or type of the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ. For every, priest, every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in the things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself also can compass with infirmity. And by reason hereof, he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. The Levitical priests were sinners. Okay? And no man taketh this honor unto himself but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest. But he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of what? Melchizedek. Melchizedek. So it's a picture of Abram as he's called the father of faith. In Old Testament type, giving tithes to an Old Testament type. And if you want to study out who Melchizedek is, there's people who dispute certain things on that. Okay? But he's giving it to Jesus. Amen? Okay, look at Hebrews 7, verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a what? Tenth part of what? All. All that they had just taken in spoils from the kings that they had defeated. First being interpretation, the king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. See, before the law. With the man who's a picture of faith, Abraham, his salvation was based on believing God. Amen? Genesis 15. what did he do? He tithe of all his increase. What did the Old Testament do, give the tithe for? You ever think about that? Was Abraham in the law or before the law? So it wasn't according to the law that tithing started. It was according to the law of God, but not according to Old Testament Levitical law. You know what the the Jews were taught? That it belonged to God. Amen? Leviticus 27 and verse 30. And all the tithes of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's, it is holy unto the Lord. If you return there this morning, you look at that passage, it goes to talk about other possessions in the same way. Now, again, it was given for a specific purpose. Turn to Numbers chapter 18. Say when are you going to talk about giving? I'm not talking about giving yet. I've been talking about tithing. Numbers 18. Verse 20. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, Thou shalt have no inheritance in their land, neither shalt thou have any part among them. I am thy part and thine inheritance among the children of Israel. And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance and for their service which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Neither must the children of Israel henceforth come nigh to the tabernacle of the congregation, lest They bear sin and die. Say, what's he doing? You'll see. But the Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they shall bear their iniquity. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations that among the children of Israel that they have no inheritance. Levitical priesthood. But the tithes (coughs) of the children of Israel, which they offer as a heave offering unto the Lord, I have given to the Levites to inherit it. Inherit. Therefore I have said unto them, Among the children of Israel they shall have no inheritance. They didn't receive the land. They weren't given that. They receive a tithe of all the tribes in their service of the Lord. It's to provide for the priest, for the, the needy. And it was given so that God could bless that obedience your salvation is free the blessing of God in your life is as a good father looking at his children and he rewards obedience why would God want to test a man's heart concerning material things why I think I read (laughs) Last week or week before that there's that poem that talks about what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine. Okay. I won't make you turn there, but I'm going to read to you. You ready? For the love of money is the root of all evil. If you have the right Bible, it doesn't say for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It says, the love of money is the root of all evil, which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with what? Many sorrows. Many sorrows. If I can't teach you the truth on biblical giving, I am robbing you of a blessing, and I don't know why pastors shy away from it. I want, I love you. I want you to have the blessing in your life. When I was raising my children, I loved them. I wanted to. Teach them how to grow right. Plain and simple. Our kids were taught to tithe. They were taught to give to missions. You know what they still do? They tithe and give to missions. Turn to Malachi chapter 3. It's the last. Yeah. If you don't know where it is, ask Pastor Kinney. No, it's the last book of the Old Testament. Just before Matthew. Go to Matthew and turn left. Malachi chapter three, look at verse eight. Will a man rob God, yet ye have robbed me? But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me even this whole nation. Wow, that's telling you that not tithing is sin. I have a good friend, I still talk to him, he lives down south now. He was, a, he was a foreman, I led him to the Lord at Hammer Mill Paper Company when I was working there as an electrician. I loved him, he, loved, he loves me. Okay, and he went through a lot of things and I was there for him. I led him to the Lord as he struggled and things. He didn't live close to here, he'd visit us once in a while but he didn't continue to come here because he lived in the Syracuse area, I sent him to another church. But before did, he did, we talked about certain things and he was struggling in his finances, and he goes, I can't do this, I can't do this. And I said, no, you can't, but God can. And you need to put God first in that. You need to put God first and give him your tithe out of your gross, not your net. He made a step of faith, and God changed things for him. He was in a place where he was almost ready to lose it all, and with three or four years of that, he was insolvency. That means he's out of danger. And he's never forgotten that. He says that was one of the, the hardest things I heard to talk to you about because, you know, you hear about preachers, all they want is your money. I don't want your money. I don't need your money. I've never pastored this church for money. Plain and simple but I want your blessing. I want you to be blessed. See, because look at this now. It's sin if you don't do it, but look at verse 10 in Malachi. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to bear it. Pour you out a blessing? Amen. The windows of heaven, I read it to you earlier, hinge on the tithe, bring ye all the tithes. I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Judy and I have practiced that ever since we got saved. I told you before, I read through my Bible once a month the first year I was saved. I'm over 250 times through King James Bible. I haven't seen any of the promises of God fall flat. I had not seen any of the warnings of God not come to fruition. God blesses the obedience. Isn't that neat? That's an amazing thing. You don't tithe, you're stealing. And then people say, why? Why isn't God blessing me? I don't know. I don't, I, when people come to me and they say, how can I help you with this? Okay, what can we do? I'll have them, they'll talk to me. I don't, I don't know what any of you give. You can ask the retired treasurer or the current treasurer. I don't know. I don't know what you give in tithes. I don't know what you give in missions. I don't know what you give or don't give. And so I'm at liberty to preach what God gives me and I want, you to, I want you to be blessed, okay? So that's tithing. God blesses obedience. Tithing is not giving. Tithing is a requirement. Do you think when the government takes that money out of your check or your account, when you get paid, that that's voluntary? That's not giving. That's government stealing. No, no, that's a different thing. Yes. Yeah, but don't pay it and see what happens. Okay. I want you to know something. I'm more afraid of what God could do than I am what the government can do any time. But I'll obey the government because God tells me to understand that? Until it tells me to go against God. So we've talked about tithing. Now we're going to see what giving is according in the attitude of David's heart. Okay, King David, we read that passage back in First Chronicles. You're going to need to turn there. And you see, I now have prepared with all my might for the house. I have set my affection, in verse 3, on the house of my God. Verse 4 says willingly. Verse 5 says willingly. Verse 6 says willingly. Verse 9 says willingly. Verse 14 says willing. And sometimes it uses more than once in that that, that, that verse. And then you come over to the end of this thing. In verse 17, it says, I have willingly offered... And then it says, to offer willingly unto thee. So when you give, you're giving it to who? God. To God. You're giving it to God. Is that hard? Is that hard to understand? See, the tithe belonged to him. It belonged to him. You don't do it, you come under God's judgment. Okay? You come under God's judgment for that. When you come to giving, it's got to be of your heart. What a man gives points to his faith. Or what he doesn't give points to his faith. Matthew 6, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these, the things you worry about with the money for, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, in the context of that is your, your food, your drink, your clothing, your housing. You get so worried about that, you lose sight of God blessing it. You've got to put God first, seek Him first in it. Yeah, you know, people would say, Yeah, I had some. But doesn't it say in the Bible that a man should provide for his family? Yes, it does. Look at 1 Timothy. Man should provide for his family. No problem. First Timothy. Let me see here. Timothy is being told by the Apostle Paul, and he says in verse 3, Honor honor widows that are widows indeed, but if any widow have children and nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents, for is good and acceptable before God. Take care of them. Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God, and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. (laughs) I I haven't met the lady, but I know a man personally is related to, he has a sister, she's been married ten times. You know what she's never happy with? What she has at the time. God wants them to be blameless. But look at verse 8. But if any provide not for his what? And especially for those of his own house, he hath what? Denied the faith, faith and is worse than an infidel. That's a pretty strong statement, isn't it? Denied the faith. We're to seek God first. We're to take care of our own. If we don't, we've denied the faith. You know, providing for your family is a responsibility. You know, God's word covers the basis. There's nothing wrong with a, you know what I'm saying, a virtuous woman, she adds to the family, doesn't she? Proverbs 31 woman. I'm not saying that. But Providing for the family is a responsibility. Putting anything ahead of God, your family, your wife, your children, your job, your home, your vacation, you put anything ahead of him and that's idolatry. Because he must come first. We read in the text, back in our opening text, that David knew everything we have is God's. First Corinthians six nineteen. I was counseling with someone or discipling this week, and I had took them these verses. Some was struggling something. And it says in 1 Corinthians 6 19 and 20, what well, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? Which you have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your and your spirit, which are His. If you're bought with a price, what was that price? What was the price? In Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, it says it was God's own blood. God's own blood, isn't that? You're thinking about that, that was shed for me. That was shed for you. He gave it willingly. Willingly. God gives the soil in Psalm 24 verse one. God gives seed in Genesis one, eleven. 11. God gives rain in Job 10, 5 10. God gives you life, Acts 17, 28. God gives you health, Jeremiah 30, 17. God gives you strength, Psalm 144, verse 1. God gives riches and honor, 1 Chronicles 29, 12. God gives grace, 2 Corinthians twelve nine. God gives eternal life, Romans 6, 23. What hast thou that thou hast not received? You think about it? Giving, giving, if what we are is God's gift to us because he is the source of all life, not some evolutionary lie, I want to ask you, who do we become? Because that's our gift to him. He gave his own blood. You ready? God made the sun, it gives. God made the moon, it gives. God made the stars, they give. God made the earth, it gives. God made the sea, it gives. God made the trees, they give. God made the flowers, they give. God made the fowls, they give. God made the beast, they give. God made the plan, he gives. God made man, he's supposed to give. He's supposed to give. In Galatians chapter 1 and verse 14, you don't need to turn there. Jesus gave himself for our sins. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, Jesus gave himself for me. In 2 Timothy 2 and verse 6, Jesus gave himself a ransom for all. In Titus 2 and verse 14, Jesus gave himself for us. For us. How many of you, don't raise your hand, do watch television at the time you see commercials? They're advertising for things to help you live longer, be younger. If you, you can't look that way naturally, then we'll do a surgery for you. If you don't like who you are, we'll make you something different, even though you can't change who you are. I'm noticing as I get older, I never have to, used to have to use hand cream on my hands. I've got to go buy, i got one thing next to my chair, and that's pretty good, but most of the time I forget it's there, and I have to go use my wife's. And you know something with hand cream? I smell like flowers. So then when I want to go out hunting, I have to scrub that off, all right? but You know why? Because you get older, guess what? You start to dry out. You know, people are doing all these things to try to hold back aging. Embrace it. Because when the Lord comes, you're going to get a 33 and a half year old body. I've kidded with people about that, too. I said, rue the day that a person's underneath me when the rapture takes place. <laughs> They're going to get a bolt and a nut and rods through their head as it falls as I'm going up. <laughs> Amen. They spend millions to try to extend their lifespan. And they're willing every give everything not to get old and die. Even to the point, you know, that they're harvesting body parts and trying to from fetuses to try to grow them. You know, Satan knows this. You know what? You know what the truth about man is? Job two and verse four he says, And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Right? So far, what have we learned? Tithing is before the law and under grace. It's by faith. It's a choice. Tithing had a purpose. It was for the Levites, for the needy. It was an obedience and then blessing followed. You've got to give to God first. Tithing is not giving. Giving's tied to a heart attitude. God first. This is the thing most people forget. And I won't. You know, I go to churches when I preach faith promise for them. And I get invited out periodically to help people transform their missions giving. And you guys can remember here, I haven't done it in a few years, where I get up front and I lay out all the, the table, and I have these big jugs of water, and I have these different-sized funnels. And I pour water through the funnel, and which one fills the thing faster? And the water flowing through it cleans the funnel. But the bigger the funnel, the bigger they're opening, the more volume it can handle. And then I tell everybody here, and I tell them the churches, you're the funnel. You're not the source of the giving, but it flows through you. And when you give it, the more you give, the faster it fills up and the faster you're cleaned up. That sound too hard for you? Look at Luke chapter 6. Luke 6. You ready? Tithing's not in this verse. Given it shall be given unto you. Verse 38. Luke 6, 38. Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure <coughs> that ye might withal, it shall be measured to you again. One second here. What is it telling you? the measure that you may, might with how you will go through you shall be measured to you again. Isn't that an amazing thing? God's the source. What do you do with it? See given is seen in the heart of believers. You can only give what you have. God gave himself. What are we to give? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, unto who? A reasonable service. And be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. You might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Sometimes people give a tithe of their money. They do. I don't know. I don't know. But how many of you give a, Let me see. What is it? Uh, I wrote it down. 2.4 hours a day to God. At 24 hours in a day. A tenth of your increase. Is it another day to live? Is that an increase? Is it given to God? Chew on that. What do you give him? Martha, Martha, thou cumbered about with many things, but Mary hath chosen the better part. Where was she found? At the feet of Jesus, listening to the words of Jesus. Pastor Christian, right after I got saved and we started going to church, he he told me, I think it's, some, their names get confused with me. I think it was Lee Tam. And he used to say he was a persecuted Christian and got out of China, came here in the country in the 60s and stuff, and he used to say, no Bible, no breakfast. No Bible, no breakfast. No Bible, no breakfast. Because he needed to be fed with spiritual things before he fed the physical things. There's a lot of truth to that, isn't there? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, in his righteousness. Turn to Second Corinthians. Chapter 8. Moreover, brethren, we would do to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So the grace of God was bestowed on them. How that in a great trial of affliction and abundance of their joy and their what? Deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Man, they didn't have anything, but boy, they were given what they had. There's a story of a a man who was asked to give, and he says, well, he's a rich man. He says, I'll put in my my two mites. And the preacher said, you really will? And he, yeah, because he thought a mite is what? One of the smallest denominations? And he says, so then you mean you want to match the poor widow? And he he goes, yes, I do. And he says, well, I I won't ask that of you. You can just give half. Oh, I only got to give one mite? Yeah, one mite of yours compared to one mite of hers. And he goes, what do you mean? He says, now you owe to God by your own words half of all you have. Because she gave all. All. Isn't that interesting? I'll look at this. We could read down through the rest of this chapter, okay? But you know, and this they did not, as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God, and so much do we desired of Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. He's trying to say that the churches in Macedonia, referring specifically, easily, to the church of Philippi, which is the capital of Macedonia, about this. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, faith and utterance, and knowledge and in all diligence, that's your 2.4 hours, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. What? The grace of giving. I speak not by commandment, but by the occasion of the forwardness of others to prove the sincerity of your love. That's what giving does. Not tithing, it proves the sincerity of your love. What will you give for the one you love? Who do you love the most? For we know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And herein do I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, who have begun before not only to do so, but also to be forward a year ago. Now therefore perform the doing of it. That is, that there was a readiness to will, a desire to want it, to do it. So there may be a performance also out out of which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind is accepted according to the man hath and not according that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye be burdened, but by an equality that now at the time of your abundance may be a supply for their want and their abundance also be a supply for your want that there may be equality. That's the way it's done. Not the stuff you're in government today. As it is written, he hath gathered much and had nothing over. He that gathered little had no lack. But thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into your heart of Titus for you. For indeed he accepted the exhortation, but being more forward of his accord, he went unto you. And we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. And not that only, but who also was chosen the churches to travel. See what he's doing here? He's telling them. They can learn from the churches in Macedonia. And he's telling them that their giving was to prove their love. He admonished the church. They gave of their love. They gave it readily. You give of what you have, and you share the load. When one doesn't share, others have to pick it up. They gave of their own poverty. They gave beyond their power. They gave for the ministry. And the biggest thing they did is they gave themselves first. Gave themselves first. Isn't that amazing? Gave himself first. Not what I get, but what I give. This be the gauge by which I live. Not merely joys that come my way, but the help I give to those astray. Not the rewards of money and fame, but the, the loads I lift in Jesus' name. This be the pay at the end of the day. Not what I keep, but what I give away. What can I give him, as poor as I am, if I give a shepherd? If I were a shepherd, I would give him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Well, what can I give him? I can always give him my heart. They gave of themselves. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given... Order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. See, But you're, we're doing a Faith Promise Missions Conference. They're saints. They're part of the church. I am not a brighter. And they don't have. So we give so that they can have the preacher come to them. I've been in one of Paul's churches. You want to see what they can tithe? Sometimes they tithe. Three mangoes. I was at a pastor's conference and one of his preachers had promised he was going to, to give money through the year and he didn't do it. Yep. Brother Paul didn't say anything and all of a sudden after he was preaching to the pastors, that man stands up and Paul calls him, he comes forward, comes up and he says, his Brother so-and-so had promised that he was going to give 25 chickens to help feed the poor over there in the, that they take care of and he didn't do it. And I, I can remember this. And got all these pastors, they traveled by, by truck, they traveled by bicycle, they traveled by their foot, they rode in the back of dump trucks. They come, I was preaching to 400 preachers. And they got there any way they can, some of them so poor. Paul always tries to give them a new set of clothes and a bag to carry stuff in at a pastor's conference. And the man looked at Paul and Paul said, so-and-so has decided he will provide chicken all the preachers during this four day pre- missions conference or uh, preachers' conference. He didn't give it then. God dealt with his heart. He gave it. You say, What is it? It's to prove your love. You have to give readily. You give of what you have. You share the load. Okay, 1 Corinthians 16. Now, concerning collection of the saints, I have given order to the churches in Galatia even so do ye upon the first day of the week. Someone asked, Do we keep the Sabbath? No. We meet on the first day of the week. Sabbath is a good idea, but if you're keeping it, that means your TV doesn't come on. You don't do anything for an enjoyment. You don't go out the door. You don't have friends come in and play games. You don't go to the store. You can go out and get your oxen or your ass if they broke a leg and put it in the, in the, in the ditch. You can go do that. Okay. Upon the first day of the week, Let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, them will I send to bring your liberality to Jerusalem. Jerusalem had become so poor and persecuted that the other churches were sending to them to help them. Isn't that amazing? See, God wants us to trust him for our needs, not to try to go about it as the world does. You don't, you don't work, you don't eat. He that provideth not for his own is worse than an infidel and denied the faith. I understand that, but it doesn't come ahead of God. Now turn back to 1 Timothy and we are done. And all God's people could say. 1 Timothy. Chapter 6, verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold upon eternal life. O Timothy, Keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding the profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be unto you. The last statement tied to giving and a false attitude about it. Please stand. I saw in an article, I think it was last week. That Bill Gates is going to endeavor to give the vast majority of his billions of dollars to charity. Yeah. He wants to donate it for worldwide climate change. You know what's going to happen with that money? Other people will take it. They'll get rich along with him. I know the one who controls the climate. Amen. 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 This morning, tithing is not giving. Tithing is commanded of God. If you want your prayers answered, you want God to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, you got to do that. It talks about giving in the Old Testament before the law. It talks about giving in the Levitical law. It talks about giving in the New Testament. You don't find the word tithe in the New Testament because it has already been established. It talks about giving. That's what our faith promise is about. That's why we try to encourage people to give. No matter how small amount you give so God can bless. And it's a measure of your heart. You've got speak in your heart today. Maybe you don't know Christ as Savior. You need to come. We'll have someone show you from the word of God how you can know heaven will be your home for all eternity. How you can know that your sins are blotted out. How that you can know you're a new creature in Christ. How that you can know a love that this world doesn't know how to give. Salvation and eternity is so many things that we don't even think about right now. If you're here this morning and you haven't been tithing that's between you and God if you haven't been giving that's between you and God if there's something on your heart you need to come to the altar I need to pray I preach a message God dealt with my heart so if God's speaking to you you come